Welcome to the Leadership Mindset Podcast with me, Tony Brooks, where we look to revolutionise your leadership mindset by changing how you think and see your world, enabling you to do the right things and grow significantly as a leader. Hi, this is Tony Brooks, and welcome back to the Leadership Mindset Podcast Series. This series is focused on giving you some interviews, insights, and some key leadership skills to help you grow and develop on your leadership journey. And it's actually in the area of skills that we're going to particularly focus on today. As you may know, the Think See Do model is based around nine key skills. And what we're going to be focused on today is how you think about your people. And this is all part of building a winning culture. Now, the question you may be asking is why? Why do I need to concern myself with my team's culture, organisational culture? Why do I need to put the time into this? Well, there's a famous quote by leadership guru Peter Drucker, which says that culture eats strategy for breakfast. Now, personally, I believe they're both equally important. But one thing's for sure that you will not be able to deliver your strategy with a toxic or a negative culture because the results you achieve will be delivered with and through your people. Also, importantly as well, most of the time, it's going to be the people that you that work for you that will be actually interacting, interfacing with your customers. So if you have a negative, toxic culture, that's very likely to manifest in the way that people behave externally as well. So that's why I believe this is critically important and why I think it'd be worth you spending the next 30 minutes thinking about where you are in terms of your culture and what you need to do to change that. Now, what is culture? Culture for me, in very simple terms, is the collective habits and behaviours of the people in an organisation. It's a shared way of thinking about your organisation and the way that you see your organisation. Now, let's break it down into three areas. We're going to look at three areas on the podcast today. The first is actually defining your identity. The second is going to be focused on living and breathing that identity. And then the final piece is going to be looking at uh, having a more fun environment where people socialise well and there is flexibility in the culture. But let's start with identity. So there are some key components to this. First off, your purpose. Why do you exist as an organisation? What's the meaning behind what you do? What are you looking to contribute to your customers or to society in a broader sense? And this is important in terms of the way you're perceived by people on the outside, your customers, but it's also becoming more and more important for your employees now. They want to be part of a company that has a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. So have you defined what you're about? The second part is your vision. So where are you looking to go in the future? What would success look like for you in the future? Where do you want to be in one, two, three, five years and beyond? And ideally, co-creating that vision with your people so that everyone has a say in that and that it's widely known and accepted that's where you're going. Then we look at probably the most core component of your identity, your values. What are the common characteristics and behaviours that everybody wants to, de- you, you want everyone to demonstrate And you want to be known for. Often you'll communicate these values externally as well. You may have them on marketing literature literature on your website. But your values are really important. And I think a good exercise to do 
with values is not just to have single word values and leave it at that, but actually, and, he, and you don't necessarily have to share this bit externally, but to have an idea of what are the underlying behaviors, the underlying principles that will ensure that you're living these values. So if, if you have a, a value which is a word professionalism, for example, what does professionalism mean? in the way that people conduct themselves, in the way that people hold meetings, in the way that people answer the phone. You may also want to have under, what I mentioned was underlying principles, which is, again, common language that's held throughout the organisation. For example, Microsoft have an underlying principle, which is all about adding value. So when they run projects, when they hold meetings, they'll commonly ask, did this add value? So those core components to your identity, your purpose, your vision, your values, the underlying behaviours and the underlying principles that guide everyone's behaviour. Have you got those defined currently? And if you've got them defined, how long has it been since you've actually worked on them? And have your people had uh, an involvement, any involvement with that? Because actually... As I said earlier, engaging your people, getting their input into all of those so that you co-create something that is shared, a shared identity and everyone buys into, is going to make it way more likely that people will live and breathe that identity. And the mistake I often see over the years, both working as a leader and having my own business for, for 12 years now, is that people put the work into this but they don't necessarily live and breathe it. It becomes almost a paper exercise. It's something that people feel they should do. They may not buy fully into it. And certainly it isn't, if, if you ask, I remember asking a company once when I was speaking at one of their conferences, how many in the audience can tell me what their values are that are on the website? And people couldn't do this in the audience. And it's because that's, that's not, not untypical. It's because, as I say, people do this as an exercise, but they don't necessarily buy into the importance of living and breathing it on a daily basis. So let's turn to that then. We've looked at why you would want to do this in the first place, why you would want to do your identity, and then what are the components of that and how you build that. But what is what does living and breathing that look like? What it means really that in an informal way, Leaders, first of all, will demonstrate those values, those behaviours, that purpose. Because it starts with us as leaders. If we're not walking the talk, people won't follow us. So it's really important from the top down that leaders live and breathe this on a daily basis. But then also, leaders can pick up behaviour that they see that is in line with the purpose, in line with the vision, in line with the values, and recognise this, show appreciation for it. Get leaders of teams doing the same thing. Get everyone across the organisation picking up behaviour that is positive and in line with the values in a more informal sense. But then it's also about living and breathing it in a structured way. This means that we have organisational meetings where there's updates on progress against the vision. That people can be recognised for great behaviour across the company that is in line with the values and the purpose and vision and values, etc. 
And then also it means having team meetings at a lower level with a focus on this as well. And again, behavior has picked up that's in line with it. It means that one-to-ones and performance development meetings, for example, have where people have objectives that are in line with the grander vision and the grander purpose. So you start to get connection from the top down. We know where we're going as a company. We know what we're about as a company, but individuals know what their objectives and activities and goals are that will keep them in line with what the company is trying to achieve as well. It also means having, tra- might mean having training. It might mean having customer service training that makes sure that people behave consistently. And I just wanted to touch on a, a really quick example of that from my recent experience. I'm always fascinated when I am um, being served or I, I use the services of companies. And recently I used Jet2 for a flight across to Spain. And their slogan at Jet2 is friendly low fares. And my experience right from initial the initial booking right the way through to the whole experience on the flight was incredibly positive, friendly, engaging experience. And I was I was speaking to uh, the people that were with me on the trip and I said, you can absolutely guarantee that the culture is defined within Jet2 and that it's drummed into people in terms of how they behave on a regular basis and in different scenarios. But they also did it in a really natural way as well. And I think that's the thing. I think you don't want this to be robotic, but you want people to understand the importance of it, but then know how they should do it as well. And another thing that's really critical on the living and breathing of your identity and your culture is this has to be a core part of your recruitment. So it means that you've defined it, but you actively engage with your culture through the recruitment process. You may want to do that in terms of the application form that you send out to people. You may want to ask them for examples that would demonstrate the kind of values that are consistent with your culture. But certainly, and I've helped a number of companies with this, when it gets to the actual recruitment process and interviews, you want to be questioning people against your values. I call it values-based interviewing. So you want to be asking them questions about Let's say, for example, one of your values is professionalism. And as I said, you'd, you want to drill down and define that more clearly. But let's say it's professionalism. You may want to ask them at the interview, what you would say is professionalism is one of our core values. And it's a critical part of the way that we all behave collectively. Tell me about a time when you've demonstrated professionalism. What did it look like? How did you show professionalism in your work? And you can ask that about all of your values, uh, two or three examples of it, but do some probing on the values. Make sure that the people that you're bringing in don't just have the skill set, but they have the character that's going to fit in with your organisation. So we've talked about why you might want to look at culture and identity. We've talked about the, the core key components, the things you need to do to actually define your identity. And then most importantly there, we've been talking about living and breathing that culture on a day-to-day basis, in the regular meetings that you have, in the training, in the recruitment. Let's talk to one, turn to one final part now then. Let's talk about 
the, the fun that you engender as a leader, how important socialization is at work, bringing flexibility in your culture. Because here's the thing. I think the companies that succeed really well start to recognize that a company can have a sense of family. Because let's be honest, most employees probably spend as much time doing their work with you in your organization as they do with their family. So it's important to look at having fun. And this can be done in more informal ways. It can be done in structured ways as well. There's lots and lots of examples of companies that are looking to build a more fun, positive culture. Twitter have yoga classes, for example. A company called Squarespace in New York City have guest lecturers come in. Shopify have an app called Unicorn where people can praise each other. I've seen clients on my own journey do things like have treats fridge fridges. They have a spin the wheel competition on a Friday afternoon. They have table football. They have pool tables. They have a cycle together on a Friday afternoon. There are so many ways you can do this. And certainly when I was working with a big corporate company, we did a, a project around this. And one of the things we did was actually go and talk to people in the, in the business and say, what do you think would bring a bit more fun? What kind of activities would you like to see? Because there's so much wisdom in the people that you're working with and you trying to come up with the ideas, you may hit on the wrong things. So actually spending the time with people and looking at some fun initiatives that you can bring in. And also, there's obviously the classic away days or away afternoons where you have a more structured activity. And these could just be fun or they could be more meaningful team building activities. We can have a variety of those. Again, one of the clients that I work with leaps to mind who do this every quarter and they have Sometimes it's just a bit of fun. It might be paintballing or something, but sometimes it might be an outdoor activity that is a structured event with learnings to be had in terms of how they behave as a team currently and how they can improve their team behaviour. So looking to build more fun in your culture and also appreciating that there is an importance for people to socialize i know it's i know it's critical that people get their heads down and get stuff done but again in my experience productivity actually improves when you have a fun environment when you allow people to socialize when when you don't stop conversations when somebody's come back from a holiday and maybe wants to share the holiday photos or talk about the holiday or have a bit of a chat about a big sporting event at the weekend I know of companies who've actually made more of a sort of the coffee area by bringing in seating uh, there to make it a, a bit of a breakout area. And certainly the big successful companies like Google and Microsoft, etc., really understand this. So if people start to abuse it, yes, you may need to police it. For the most part, trust people and know that people who are having more fun at work, people who socialize at work build relationships with each other that will increase productivity rather than harm it for the most part and remember that thing about energy as well we as leaders we bring energy and i, I learned this lesson really on in my senior uh, career that the energy i gave off was contagious People look to us as leaders, they look to our behavior and our energy will influence. 
So do we want that to be positive? Do we want that to be fun? Do we want it to be in line with the identity that we've created? Or are we going to create a more toxic energy as a leader which will feed people? We definitely don't want to do that. So one final thing before we finish this particular podcast episode on identity was just to touch on the flexibility and the way things are changing now in organisational cultures because millennials and younger people now are demanding more flexibility. They want more flexi time. They want more working from working from home. Uh, they want that built into the way they work. And the problem is, if we don't give it to them, our competitors will and they will walk. So to attract and retain talent, we need to change. We need to become more flexible because this is the way it's going. And I know this can be tough. I know there's an element of trust that has to be built in when we start allowing people more flexibility. I'm working with a company out in Europe and we were doing this work at the start of the year because they were uncomfortable doing it but they knew the importance of making a change and starting to bring more flexibility in and they like a lot of companies are making changes and bringing flexibility in and it's got to be done from a place of trust because I always remember um, in when I worked in corporate organization I said that the problem was we used to manage most people or the 95% of the people like the 5% because most people, if you give them responsibility, if you give them trust, if you give them flexibility, they won't typically abuse it. They'll treasure it. There will be a really small percentage of people who might abuse that. They need to be dealt with. But what we don't need to do is mistrust everyone based on the behaviour of a small percentage of people. I hope that you've got some real insights from this podcast episode in terms of the importance of doing this, why you want to do this, why you want to look at your culture, why do you want to build a wing culture, the different components of it, how to live and breathe it, how to be, build more fun and flexibility into it. And remember that the work doesn't just stop in the definition. This has to be policed, worked on, reinforced on a daily basis working with your people and a lot of that comes from you as a leader and the energy that you give off i truly believe though that if you work on this this will have an impact on tangible results that you experience if you need any help looking at your culture then visit my website get in touch with me drop me a line give me a call i can happily give you some advice on that and in a broader sense, as I said right at the start here, we're looking at just one of the key nine skills in the Think, See, Do leadership model. If you go to either of my websites, but if you go to thetonybrooks.com, you can access the diagnostic for free that we have that will give you a red, amber, green light rating on each of the nine skills. So it'll give you a really quick snapshot on what you need to focus on uh, as your priority on your leadership development journey. I hope you've enjoyed the episode today and I look forward to particularly bringing more of the skills out of the nine skills things he do model in the coming months and also a range of interviews that we're lining up and there's a whole bank of interviews already. So if you've not subscribed to the podcast series already, you can find it on the website, you can find it on Apple Stitcher and on apps as well. It's called Leadership Mindset Things He Do. 
Thank you for spending the time listening to this. My name's Tony Brooks and I look forward to welcoming you to other podcast episodes in the future. If you want to explore your leadership mindset in more detail, why not complete our free leadership diagnostic at thetonybrooks.com and subscribe to this podcast to join us for future podcasts.